This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Episode 8, A Visit to Bethlehem. Ew! Does this really call for a cup of prunes? Sawyer asked, holding a cup of prunes over boiling water. He was in Grandpa's kitchen, trying to make Grandpa's secret apple cider. The ingredients weren't as simple as he'd hoped. Grandpa, tell me this doesn't say prunes. Grandpa called back to him from his workroom down the hall. Shh, he hushed. 
What are you, trying to tell the whole neighborhood this secret ingredient? I told you I have nosy neighbors. Mrs. Hopkins probably has her ear pressed to the wall. Keep it down. And yes, you read it correctly. Grandpa went back to working on the wood shape he was carving. Using a big sharp knife, he whittled away at it. Sawyer shook his head and dumped the prunes into the pot next to the apples. So, Grandpa, what did you ask Santa for this year? Grandpa chuckled. Good health, and maybe some more hair. It's starting to look like I'm growing whiskers up there. Sorry, Gramps. I don't think that's how Santa works. He's a present giver, not a miracle worker. Sawyer stirred in the cinnamon and nutmeg. I can't wait for him to bring me the Legotropolis. The what? The Legotropolis? Oh man, you should see this thing. It's the coolest toy on the planet. It's a 10,000 piece Lego set where you can create an entire world. They say you need three rooms worth of space just to use all the pieces. Mom and Dad said I couldn't get it. Something about them having to take out a second mortgage to buy it, or whatever that means. So I asked Santa to swoop in and save the day. Grandpa snorted. You'll find that Santa and your parents are usually on the same page, young man. If they say it's too much, then Santa will probably think so too. Uh, I think he'll come through on this one. Grandpa huffed. Don't worry so much about presents. Christmas is about much more important things. Yeah, like treats, Susie added from the living room. She was busy decorating Grandpa's Christmas tree. The nine-foot blue spruce tree was covered in colorful lights and filled the room with a fresh pine smell. No, not treats, Grandpa grumbled. He left his wood carving in the workroom and came out to the living room. Susie paused from hanging an ornament to look out the big windows. Snow floated gently onto the deck and caked the smoky mountains. She glanced back at the empty ornament box. Grandpa, where did you say the other box of ornaments was? In the study, Grandpa said. Check the lowest cupboard to the right of the fireplace. Susie went to the study to get the box but stopped in the doorway. At the end of the room on the table was the globe, and it was slowly turning. Not spinning as it usually does, just turning. As it made its rotation, Susie noticed that one of the countries was glowing. Carefully, she walked up to get a better look. It was Israel and the West Bank, gleaming in the Middle East as if it was made of glass and a light was shining behind it. The light pulsed on the wooden globe. Grandpa! Susie shouted. Grandpa, come see this! Grandpa and Sawyer came running into the room. Sawyer wiped a big wet spot on his shirt. Geez, Susie, you nearly made me scald myself. What is it? Grandpa asked. Susie pointed to the globe. As she did, Sawyer and Grandpa saw the glowing spot on the slowly turning ball. Grandpa walked over to it. When he saw which country was shining, he smiled. Looks like you'll get a true taste of Christmas after all. Come on, get close. Susie, grab that guidebook if you would. Thank you. Now, huddle in. See how it's turning backwards? Whenever the globe turns slowly in the opposite direction and highlights a destination for you to touch, it means there's something it wants to show you. Sawyer shrugged. Isn't that kind of what it already does? Show us new places? Ah, uh -uh, not like this, 
Grandpa said, eyebrows raised. This is different. When the globe turns back and highlights, it can take you anywhere to witness anything. But you are only there to witness. You are a spectator who can't interact with your surroundings. All it asks you to do is watch, observe. Think you two can handle that? Sawyer and Susie nodded. Good, then off we go. Grandpa reached out and touched the glowing country. The room folded outward to reveal a desert-like landscape around them. Palm trees and patches of shrub dotted the hills. Brown mountains faded into the horizon. Beyond them, a setting sun. In front of them, a woman, beautiful, dark-haired, and pregnant. She sat atop a mule, cradling her round stomach. Pulling the mule along was a young man. He had a beard and kind, smiling eyes. As he walked the mule, he looked back at the woman lovingly. Excuse me, Sawyer called to them. Um, sir, could you please tell me where we are? The man ignored Sawyer and continued on. He can't hear you, Grandpa told him. Remember, you are here only to observe and learn. He looked at Susie and nodded to the guidebook. Susie opened it to the bookmarked page. Words faded onto the paper. Luke chapter 2, she read. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. Susie slowly looked up from the page at Grandpa, who nodded at her with a smile. Let's follow, he suggested. Together they followed behind Mary and Joseph as they made their way into Bethlehem. They walked through the town, passing by simple homes made of stacked white stone. Soon they reached an inn. Sawyer and Susie watched as Joseph spoke with the innkeeper. After a brief, frustrating encounter, the innkeeper pointed around the corner and then shut his door. Tired from their journey, Joseph and Mary made their way to a stable around the corner. Sawyer, realizing who he was following, was irritated by the poor accommodations. The stable was cramped with hay and animals, and the night air was cold. Too cold for a room so exposed to the elements. Sawyer looked around to see if there were any more inns to check. He was about ready to march back up to the innkeeper and make him give them a room. But then he remembered that no one would see or hear him. All he could do was watch. Grandpa pointed to the guidebook and Susie continued to read. And so it was that, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. They looked up from the book to see Mary tenderly stroking the face of a newborn baby. She kissed his soft cheek and laid him in a manger, a trough that usually held the animal's food. Joseph hugged Mary, and together they watched their beautiful son squirm in his blanket. As Sawyer and Susie observed, they got a warm feeling that broke through the chill. Love poured from the humble scene and filled them with joy. 
Grandpa pointed to the guidebook, signaling for Susie to continue. She read, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. When they looked up, they could no longer see Mary, Joseph, and the baby. They were now in a field, and before them, shepherds, wearing wool and carrying crooks, sat together, watching over their sleeping sheep. Sawyer grew flustered. Wait, take us back. I want to go back. Patience, Sawyer. You'll see him again, Grandpa assured him. As Susie continued to read, the scene played out before them. A star above grew bigger and brighter until the field shone with a brilliant white light that dispersed until it formed a glowing figure floating above the shepherds. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. A choir of angels sang above them. The same warm feeling of love and joy the twins felt back in the stable overwhelmed them. Susie continued, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. In a blink they were back next to Joseph and Mary, this time alongside the shepherds as they knelt and beheld the baby, the Christ, their Savior. Grandpa nudged Sawyer and Susie to look up. Above them, through a large hole in the straw roof, a new star shone brightly in the sky. Its light cast images before them, faded glimpses of the future Christ. They watched the heavenly display and marveled as they witnessed wise men bringing gifts to the Christ child, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then they saw the future Christ healing a blind man, teaching large crowds from atop a rock, choosing his twelve apostles, blessing them, and breaking bread with them at the Last Supper. Then they saw the people persecute him. A crown of thorns was placed upon his head, and he was crucified. But then, in one last miraculous blaze of light, he rose again from his tomb and smiled down at them. Gradually, the shadows of light from the star faded from the room, and before them was the baby Jesus in the manger. Sawyer and Susie slowly walked up and looked down at him. That warm feeling came back stronger than ever. Happy goosebumps covered their arms. With a precious, pure face and a twinkle in his eye, baby Jesus looked back up at them and smiled. The scene dissolved until they found themselves standing back in Grandpa's study, speechless. Sawyer and Susie stared down at the globe with tear-filled eyes as it came to a stop. They wanted more than anything to go back, to feel that warmth and joy they felt in the presence of the Savior. You're lucky, Grandpa finally said behind them. They turned to face him. It isn't often that the globe teaches like this. 
It's a rare treat, one that I cherish dearly every time I experience it. You see, kids, Christmas isn't special because of toys and treats. It's special because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 It is a reminder that Christ is the light of the world. It is a celebration of his birth and of God's love for us. It is up to us to spread that love. Think you two can handle that? Grandpa gave them a wink. Sawyer and Susie nodded. The doorbell rang. Grandpa looked at his watch. That must be your parents. Hold on, I've got something for you before you go. Grandpa went back to his workroom and returned with something. It was a hand-carved nativity, complete with a stable, a star, Mary, Joseph, and a baby Jesus in a manger. It was simple and beautiful. Grandpa handed it to them. So you always remember this special night, he said. Merry Christmas. Sawyer and Susie gave him a big hug. Merry Christmas, Grandpa, they said. Hey, Rocketeers, I couldn't help but do another Christmas episode. Who doesn't love a Christmas story, right? So forgive me, I'm just going to do as many as I want, okay? And I had to throw in that Legotropolis present that Sawyer wanted because I had this one present that I wanted one year, and it was the Steven Spielberg Lego Movie Maker Okay, it was the coolest Lego set I'd ever seen in my life. I wasn't even a huge Lego guy, but I wanted this Lego set so badly. You got to like assemble little sets out of these Lego pieces and it came with a little camera and you recorded these stop motion movies with these Legos. Oh man, it was the coolest looking toy I'd ever seen. And it was hundreds of dollars. And I remember asking for it and asking for it. And my parents are like, uh, it's a little expensive, Greg. I don't think it's going to work. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, if, she, if they're not going to get it, Santa will get it. You know, it's no big deal. I'm going to get that present. Well, come Christmas morning, I'm looking under that Christmas tree for that box. I was grateful, sure, for all those toys I was getting. But after I opened up that last one and didn't see that Lego Movie Maker Spielberg set, Christmas was ruined forever. And to this day, I don't talk to my parents because of it. Just kidding. But seriously, I'm scarred for life. No, but obviously that taught me an important lesson that year, that it wasn't all about getting the toys you want. Even though it's fun to sometimes give gifts to each other, right? Uh, I should probably go on eBay and see if that Lego set still exists. It's probably thousands of dollars now. Anyway, so... I wanted to also kind of recap the message of this story. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the birth of Christ during this special season. I feel that it's incredibly important to remember what we're celebrating during Christmas. Whether you're Christian or not, it's good to understand why we celebrate this holiday. 
I personally need this reminder every year because it's easy to get caught up in the worldly part of Christmas. The presents, the treats, the stockings, the tree. Uh, It's easy. It's easy to get caught up in that stuff. And all that stuff I love. And I'm sure a lot of you love it too. And that's fine. But it's important not to lose sight of the spirit of the holiday. It is a time to commemorate the birth of Jesus and to spread his love and light to those around us. I know this isn't the true origin of the word Christmas, but I like to separate the word to say Christ mas. Mas in Spanish means more, and I think we can all do with a little more Christ this Christmas. So let's follow his example and serve those around us. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast, and I wish all of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll see you next Monday. This is your host, Greg Webb.